All right, y'all, we're here. This is it. It's the Bible <laughs> Revival podcast first episode officially. Come on. We want to talk about a Bible revival, how that's what we need. Can't call it the Bible Revival podcast without lots of scripture. Right. So our plan every episode is we want to launch from a passage, uh, read the word of God to you, and then discuss, share, testify, encourage you, um, just share in the journey. So in thinking about a Bible revival, how there's lots of talk for revival, lots of prayer, lots of fasting, and thank God for all that. Above all, we believe that a Bible revival is what is needed because if a revival isn't according to the Bible, quite honestly, it's a waste of time. It's flesh Mm -hmm. and it won't last. It won't bring the lasting transformation and reformation that we need so much of in the body and in this hour today. So Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and that it's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart and that there's no creature hidden from God's sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him Mm -hmm. with whom we have to do. The word of God is powerful. Uh, We want to testify to how the scriptures have carried us through our lives and our marriage through difficulty and also uh, paved the way and been the riverbanks for us of enjoying life, of making decisions, of having the wisdom that we needed to um, navigate life and do that with God's grace. I'm so grateful for the Bible, so thankful for God's revelation to us that he would share his heart with us, that he would preserve and protect his word. Please don't believe the idiots out there that tell you the Bible has been uh, copied so many times and it's been altered by man. And No, no it hasn't. The Bible is pristine and perfect. Actually, It's inerrant, it's infallible, it's inspired by God. It has has withstood the uh, criticism of scholars and critics alike, and many have actually come to salvation through textual criticism, through trying to disprove the Bible, through trying to refute the truth of the scriptures. Uh, They've been proven wrong to the point of repenting and giving their life to the Jesus that they were reading about, Mm -hmm. to the God that was revealed in the Old and the New Testament. So we're tongue talkers. We love the Holy Spirit. We love God's gifts and God's power, but man, we love the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So there's another lie. Don't believe that people that love the Holy Spirit and believe in God's presence and power and the ministry of uh, prophecy and tongues and healing that uh, it's just a game and a show and no we don't play with snakes we tread on them we take authority over the enemy and we live victoriously through Jesus Christ standing on his word uh, sprinkled in his blood uh, standing in his name so we love the scriptures Taylor I know that I always see you at our kitchen table mm-hmm. reading the word a lot of times when the boys are eating breakfast you're such an incredible mom and wife and I know the word has really blessed you and helped you in your life yeah I mean I wish I could just express what a gift the word of God is and what a treasure it is Um, it really does like grieve my heart Um, 
how few Christians are dedicated to reading the word of God. I think we're just, the enemy has deceived us in not seeing what a treasure this is that we have, um, that we have access to. And even just thinking about that so many people around the world don't even have access to, and we take it for granted. Um, You know, it's like we cannot just be forming what we believe about God and our theology about who he is from little clips on Instagram or YouTube or even what our pastors are teaching us on Sundays. Like We have to be devouring the word and getting it inside of us so we can stand strong on the truth of who God is. So here's the the crazy thing about this time that we live in here Mm -hmm. in this new year, 2023, is that biblical availability is at an all-time high. The Bible is more accessible, Mm -hmm. more available. You can scroll through all the versions Mm -hmm. you want. If you have access to the internet, you have access to the Bible. And billions of people, they think there's 8 billion Mm -hmm. people on the planet. Billions of those 8 billion have access to the internet, access to the Word of God. So while biblical availability, accessibility is at an all-time high, biblical literacy is at an all-time low. Mm -hmm. And people do not know the word. They err because they don't understand God. They can't rightly interpret life. What God wants for us is is his word to become the lens that we look at life through. And if you don't have that lens in place or the lens is fractured or scattered or disjointed or incomplete, it causes our vision of life to be skewed. It causes us Mm -hmm. to misunderstand God. You know, something I say often in preaching and sharing is that if the devil has a ministry, it's to distort the character and nature of God. He wants you to believe anything other than the truth about God. So he wants to pervert and distort the character and nature of God. Well, how do we know what God is like? How do we know what he hates, what he loves? We look in the word of God and we understand how God interacts with man, what he wants for us, what he desires from us, how we please him, what dishonors him, how we should treat one another. Our foundation for marriage is in the word of God. Our foundation for parenting is in the word of God. Our foundation for church and Mm -hmm. ministry is through the word of God. We, We are not free to make stuff up. If you call yourself a Christian and you're expression of faith is not rooted and grounded in the word of God, quite honestly, you might be worshiping yourself. You just might be following your own imaginations and coming to false conclusions. So we need a Bible revival. And that's why we're launching this podcast. That's why we want to personally testify Mm -hmm. of how the word has impacted us, praying that it would make a spark in you, that it would bring to life and fan into flame a passion and a hunger and a zeal for the word of God. That's our desire in doing this podcast. Yeah. So just to testify to, we wanted to share some of the different verses that have carried us through different seasons of our life. So, I mean, when I was in high school, um, I love Jeremiah 29, 11 and about the Lord, you know, knows all the plans he has for me and has a hope and a future for me. And I 
clung to that. It was on the front of my journal. I thought it was going to be my favorite verse for my entire life. And in a lot, you know, it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But in that season of figuring out where you're going and what you're doing, that was such a promise that I held on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that carried me through that season. And then... And even in that context, they're about to head into slavery. Yeah. And God's <laughs> telling them, I, lo- I love you. I know, yeah. I know the plan I have for you. It's going to be a rough ride. But I'm going to bring you into what I've promised. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Yes, for sure. And then um, in the beginning years of our marriage and living in Indiana, we were walking through a lot of sickness and infertility. And I clung to Daniel 3.18, which says, And if not, he is still good. <laughs> And in this season, that just, like, I had to get that deep down inside of me. I mean, I remember night after night after night weeping before the Lord, Mm. begging him to, you know, heal my body or give us a child. And, you know, my faith was high. I believed he could do it. I had seen him perform miracles before. I had seen him perform miracles in my own body. So I was like, I know, I know that you can do this, but I had to settle down in my heart that if the Lord chose not to allow us to have natural children or biological children, that he is still good. And he's good because he is good because he is good. No matter what happens and what comes, he is good. This had to be deep down inside of me. I couldn't be swayed by circumstances in life and start putting God on trial for, well, you were good until this happened. And now I'm not sure that you're good anymore. No, he is good. He is good. He is good. And everything, yeah. And everything else flows through that truth that is in the word that God is good. That's right. And, and even in Daniel 318, having that laid down in our hearts as a foundation, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're Mm -hmm. facing death. Yeah. They're saying like, look, God is going to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but even if he doesn't, he's still good. Like even if we burn and we're incinerated into ashes before you, Mm -hmm. God is God and he's good. We're not going to bow to darkness. I mean, that's crazy courage. That's the kind of faith that I want to have. And that was a a really foundational scripture Mm -hmm. that helped us through. I mean, you made necklaces. Mm -hmm. We raised all that money for for the infertility treatments, which Mm -hmm. then didn't work. Yeah, It literally spent it was thousands, if not oh, over yeah. ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, on believing God and and you know praying He would work through it, and um, ended up having a surgery mm-hmm. after that. Super disappointing. Continuing to believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, just the fertility treatment failing, being in so much pain. Them saying, "Well, we have to delay because there was." just so much going on in my body. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. Ended up in another surgery. And after that, back to the fertility doctors, felt like we were running in circles. And um, all the while laying it down before God. And, uh, you know, he was working things out in our character the whole time, which is (laughs) the Lord. He uses the things of this world for his good. And, um, yeah, just trusting him through the whole process and then after going back to the doctor deciding on a new fertility treatment plan and then totally by surprise without any help 
from doctors any fertility treatment we got pregnant with our first child and i mean it's just just like the lord <laughs> we had help from the great physician yeah come on <laughs> yeah what is impossible with man is possible with god mm-hmm. he is capable and able and so faithful mm-hmm. yeah thinking about the word of god carrying us through i mean i, I think about for me um, I had Psalm 126.5 on my high school graduation cake. Uh, it might sound funny to you, but uh, it was so meaningful to me um, just through the, the years, you know, the, the last five years of my childhood from 13 to 18 were exceedingly difficult. I found myself in poverty twice, um, literally not once, but twice. Crazy, the, just the deja vu in the worst way yeah. of um, having nothing, having no money. Um, the only thing worse than not having food is not having money for food. Mm-hmm. And um, just just being back up against the wall, no heat in the winter in Indiana, just a lot of suffering. And so Psalm 126.5 says, those who sow in tears will reap in joyful shouting. Mm-hmm. And I clung to that and held on to that because so many nights of my childhood, I mean, I just wept. I cried myself to sleep. I would sing worship songs to the Lord and just feel his presence and feel his comfort and know his nearness, but just so lonely, so afraid. And yet the Holy Spirit was there to comfort me. And so when I graduated, you know, a lot of the the other kids, um, of course, they were excited and happy and like goofing off. And I was so emotional the (laughs) night I graduated at 18. I mean, I wept. I was so grateful to God. Um, You know, on my 15th birthday, I thankfully unsuccessfully Mm -hmm. attempted suicide and the Lord spared my life and just so many um, um, snapshots of shame and just flashes of all that pain laid in front of me. And it was like, Lord, I've sown in tears, but now I'm beginning to reap in joyful shouting. And and that was like a turning point and a turning moment and feeling like I wasn't just finishing high school, but I was beginning to step into more of the promises of God and just believing that joy was possible, believing that, um, you know, things were going to turn around and Mm -hmm. and shaking off that foreboding feeling of when is it all going to come crashing down and when's the next shoe going to drop and like, when's the rug going to get pulled out from under? Underneath me, all the demonic games that the devil plays with people's minds and mm-hmm. breaking free out of that. Um, you know, I put that verse on my graduation cake and just celebrated what the Lord had done. I mean, that scripture was meaningful to me. It, mm-hmm. it carried me through. And I, I mean, that's just another example. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, in the past two years, really. We've walked through um, another valley, and we'll, I'm sure, get into this more on other episodes, but against what we were hoping for and even praying for, I ended up having a hysterectomy um, about a year and a half ago and losing our ability to have more biological children. Our desire was to have a big family, and my heart longed to carry more children And in that time, I just poured my heart out over the Psalms and found so much comfort in who the Lord said that he was in those, you know, those scriptures that we just 
we just breeze over because we've heard them forever, like Psalm 23. I mean, I probably read it thousands of times. I haven't memorized, but I would read it. And I would allow the Lord to wash my heart in the truth. Mm. That he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then it goes on at the end of that chapter today to say, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness yes. and mercy will yes. follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. And when it felt like grief was following me and hopelessness was tracking me down, I would speak the truth that is in the word of God. That grief and hopelessness and anxiety and depression were not my portion, but goodness and mercy and love were tracking me down. And they would be tracking me down all the days of my life and that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That my hope is in the Lord, not what he can give to me, but in him alone. Mm. And I would just read and read and read pouring my heart over what the lord is saying and you know in the in 2022 i felt like he told me that my word for that year was hope (laughs) and after 2021 i was like i don't want that word actually (laughs) thanks though like yeah i've been thoroughly crushed and i am feeling thoroughly hopeless and the lord knew And that's why he gave me that word. And I started the year out doing a word study of hope in the Bible. What does God say about hope? And it was life-changing to me to read what the scriptures have to say about hope, hoping in the Lord and God being our hope. Yeah, I think the the point we're trying to drive home is that the you know the the word is a sword. Yes. It's the sword of the spirit and you've got to fight back and fight the devil off and fight, you know, temptation mm-hmm. or depression or accusation or discouragement with the word of God cuz like we read it's alive and active. Yes. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing. Mm-hmm. And you've got to pierce through the darkness with the word of God. Honey, it's so powerful. Just I felt the presence of the Lord so strongly while you were crying and um, really felt just prophetically that there are someone listening that the Lord wants to uh, lift your eyes in this time of discouragement. You're in a valley. You're in a low place. The Lord would say to you, you're not alone for he is with you. He is carrying you through that the clouds are going to part, that it's not going to storm or rain forever, that you're not just uh, destined for depression, that things are going to shift. You need to hold on to the Lord, reach out and grab a hold of the hem of Jesus's garment and allow the power of the Son of God to flow out of him and into you and lift your eyes and set your feet on Heinz places because hopelessness is not your portion, because failure is not who you are, because there's always hope. When God is involved, 
there's always hope. We believe in restoration. We believe in reconciliation. We believe in God working miracles in the midst of insane, crazy, broken. It doesn't matter how deep the pit is. God's arm is not too short to save. The hand of the Lord is uh, near and nothing is impossible for him. So don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary in doing good. I really just felt like that was for someone. Yeah. It just reminds me of Psalm 121, which says, I lift up my eyes to the hills where from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. This is a verse that I have just meditated on. I would pray it. I would sing it. I would believe it. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord and just fixing our eyes on Jesus and knowing that he is where our help comes from. Yes. So good. So good. You know, another scripture that just just pops up. We're just having some fun here and (laughs) sharing our journey. I hope you're enjoying this. But, um, you know, we've endured a a lot of false accusation, Mm -hmm. um, betrayal from those we love dearly who we we still love and pray for and want to see God break in in their lives. But um, man, betrayal is so painful. It takes so long. It feels like there's so many layers to it. It just takes so long to get over and to really be in a place of forgiveness and love and mm-hmm. blessing and, and not let a root of bitterness spring up in your heart and defile you, which is yeah. what the word says. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, first Peter two twenty three. I think through the, the false accusation and the slander and the lies and all those things, it's talking about Jesus. And it says that there's no deceit in him and that he's an example for us that that we're to follow in his steps. But then verse 23 says, while being reviled, Jesus did not revile in return. Mm. And when suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. I mean, I, I have just tried to grab a hold of that. I mean, it is so hard. I look at false accusation like um, being being accused of shoplifting and you have the receipt for the, something you bought in your pocket. Yeah. And it's like it really honors the Lord in certain situations yes. to just allow God to defend you, to entrust yeah. your reputation to him and say, Lord, you know the truth. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm going to allow you to defend me. I mean, it was David who said to Saul, may the Lord judge between me and you. Mm-hmm. And But I will not lift my hand against you. And, um, you know, walking in those um those those alleys, those dark alleys, those back alleys of of struggling and wrestling through and wanting, you know, I want to tell people to know the truth and I want to defend myself and I could bring out all this uh, proof and all these scriptures and all these uh, stories and all. And it's like the Lord's like, hey, I want you to give that to me and just release that to me. And, you know, I see, I know the truth. I was there. And it's like, that has um, killed something in yeah. me that I'm sure still needs to be put to death all the more. Mm-hmm. But um, that has crucified me with Christ because Jesus was falsely accused. Yeah. And it's amazing, even standing before Pilate, he, he doesn't 
respond. And Pilate's like, hey, don't you know that I have the power to crucify you? And Jesus is like, look, my kingdom's not of this world. Like, if it were, then I would be releasing angels right now. I mean, we'd slaughter you, basically. I'm paraphrasing in Paul Johnson version. <laughs> but listen, my kingdom's not of this world. So, you know, he was entrusting himself. And while being reviled, he doesn't revile in return. I mean, I just a quick funny story. I remember being a little kid and watching Jesus be crucified mm-hmm. in the old Jesus videos and feeling angry. Like, I, you know, they're taunting Jesus on the cross. And he's like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm blown away as like an 8, 9, 10-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, I, I wanted those who were torturing him to get theirs and to mm-hmm. get even. I mean, like, Jesus, can you fire some lightning bolts out of your eyes and obliterate these people? Maybe it's just me. I, I <laughs> My favorite movies are revenge plots. <laughs> but, we'll pray for you. Yeah, thank you. Heal, heal, <laughs> heal me, Lord. But that's a scripture that has, got, that has provided wisdom. I mean, if you want to be like Christ, if he's your example to follow in his steps, then while being reviled, don't revile in return. We don't render evil for evil. We respond with what is good. A a kind answer turns away wrath. If you help your enemies, if you love them, you heap burning coals on their head, Romans 12. I mean, finding ways to bless your enemies, bless those who hate you, who curse you, who persecute you, who falsely uh, speak ill of you on account of Jesus. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's that's hard to do. It's, It's a fun sermon. It sounds nice to talk about, but to actually live it is is definitely a death. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we just are so excited to walk through the scriptures in this podcast and, you know, study together who God says he is, what he's commanded of us. We feel like for us personally in the new year, we keep hearing hear and obey, hear and obey. So our heart is to listen to the Lord, and then do what he says. That's right. <laughs> a lot of times walking with God is so much more simple than we make it. And you Boy, know, do we overcomplicate it and overthink it. Really, though. And, you know, I just want to speak to if you have stayed away from the discipline maybe of a Bible reading plan because you're like, well, I don't want to strive, and that's religious. That, like, discipline is not religious. That discipline... Um, can turn into delight. Like you have to make yourself start reading and then you will start getting more and more and more hungry for the word of God. But you have to have self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit. (laughs) Galatians 5. Yes. And start. You just have to start. Yeah. And then it will start coming to life and the Lord will meet you. In his word, I can promise you that. Yeah, because it's alive yeah. and active. It's mm-hmm. the only book you can read that's truly alive. It's yeah. inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's it's powerful. It separates soul and spirit, joint and marrow. We need it. We need to get yeah. laid bare mm-hmm. before him with whom we have to do. Um, the word of God is is amazing. I'm so grateful for it. You know, and what you're talking about is is a scripture. First yeah. Timothy four seven and eight says, "Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness." Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of disciplining our bodies, disciplining our minds. We go to the gym. We do all these things. We exercise, and we're a, a health obsessed generation. Yeah, and we need to be obsessed with the presence of God, with the Word of God. Discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. So, have a quick challenge as we close here in our first episode that you would discipline yourself. 
Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Get in the Word. Make a daily commitment. Listen, if an apple a day keeps the doctor away, well, perhaps a chapter a day would keep the devil away. Okay. Stay in the Word. <laughs> stay faithful. Stay obedient to Him. Stay rooted and grounded in His Word. Build your life upon the rock. Jesus said, those who hear my words and act upon them, you have to walk Mm -hmm. out what Christ commanded. It's not enough to know what Jesus said. We have to take a step further and graduate from being hearers of the word. This is James 1, hearers of the word to being doers of the Mm -hmm. word and put it into practice, into action. We need a Bible revival. Come on, honey. Let go. (laughs) We pray that you're encouraged and inspired. Let's get in God's word together. Amen.